The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for two forty nine dollars a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger, less than five miles away. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Attention BetMGM customers. Have a friend who loves sports as much as you do? Here's a chance for both of you to earn a $50 bonus when they sign up through BetMGM's Refer-A-Friend program. Just sign into your BetMGM account and click on the Refer-A-Friend program to send your friend a message inviting them to register a new account in the same state you use BetMGM in. Once your friend signs up and makes a deposit, they'll receive a $50 bonus. And once your friend places a bet with their bonus and the wager is settled, you'll receive a $50 bonus as well. Share the excitement and get a $50 bonus every time you refer a friend to BetMGM. Visit BetMGM.com for terms and conditions. Must be 21 years of age or older to wager. Ohio only. New and existing customer offer. All promotions are subject to qualification and eligibility requirements. Rewards issued as non-withdrawable bonus bets. Bonus bets expire in 30 days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. Introducing the Lowe's List for Innovation. While our aisles are filled with innovative products, we've selected our favorites just for you. Like the exclusive Whirlpool washer with industry-first two-in-one removable agitator. We love this washer because you can customize any load. And with other smart features to streamline your laundry routine, this product is a must-have for families. Shop the full Lowe's list of top picks at Lowe's.com. Lowe's, home to any budget, home to any possibility. U.S. only. Winning comes in all shapes and sizes. Every day there's an opportunity for a win, just like scratchers from the Virginia Lottery. Every day grab-and-go, every day giftable, every day fun. It's where anticipation meets instant gratification. And they're satisfying to scratch, no matter the outcome. Like the new Virginia Lottery Scratcher Colossal Cash. It's loaded with $100 to $500 prizes. Now, that's an everyday win. Drive to the nearest Virginia Lottery retail location and pick up a scratcher today. Odds of winning any prize, 1 in 3.21. All right, it's another film study. We're squeezing one in here between the defense and offense because there's some uh, 
kind of breaking news. Kemi Cusick, how are you doing? Life's good, Josh. How about you? I, I'm doing good. I feel like I've got these buttons over here that I use for Section 336, and I feel like we need this like news-breaking thing. But it's not much breaking news because it's all that's <laughs> on Twitter, if you go on Twitter right now, is Terrell Suggs and, and the Ravens uh, and his return there. We've got a guest today to talk about it. Will, welcome to the show. How are you doing? I'm good. How, how are you guys doing? We're good. All right. Doing great. So let's uh, let's get into this. So the Cardinals put them on waivers. We all know the Ravens are the best team in football right now, which means we have the absolute last waiver position. So how is this going to work? How is Terrell Suggs coming to Baltimore? Well, that's this is the interesting part of the story is that a couple of days ago, he, Cardinals announced they were going to release him, and uh, then they did release him. And Suggs came out to Adam Schefter and said, if any team other than the Ravens tries to tries to put a claim on me, I'm going to strongly consider, strongly consider not reporting. And uh, it's obvious, very obvious that he does want to come back to the Ravens. Uh, there is there is a small investment other teams have to make, but the, the, the total dollars are relatively small. Three hundred and fifty three thousand dollars of cap money, two seventeenths of his three million dollar. 2019 salary that they have to pay to get him. The other thing that might be more significant to teams is they'd have to probably IR a player on the edge of their roster or release one for the rest of the season. Yeah. I mean, I I think the, the price that people would have to pay to get a player with the capabilities of Suggs is, is extremely small. I don't think that the price is going to be the determining factor. Uh, with him coming out and saying that he would not report to a team or, or might not report to a team other than the Ravens, uh, I, I do think it puts other franchises in the difficult position of, do you want to be the team that just steals him for, for, not, for no reason to not really help your club, but just to screw the, the Ravens and to keep a Hall of Fame player from sort of having his last moment in the sun. Like who who wants to be that who wants to be that franchise, you know? And uh, I think I think there's probably at least one out there that's going to do that to us. But uh, yeah, you, you just never know. Right. So Kansas City, New England, Seattle, all be three that that uh, are three teams that would be interested in in getting Suggs. In my opinion, Kansas City, New England, perhaps more then to get the value of him as a player would be to deny him to the Ravens. Seattle is actually short on pass rushers right now, so they might be a team that that, that goes after him. Uh, claims all get put in by 4 p.m. on Monday. Some people want to know how this process works. I think we'll go through this for just a second. They all get put in by 4 p.m. on Monday, and then they are reviewed in reverse order of records, so worst, worst to best. And whoever claims Terrell Suggs, we presume it will not be a team that is out of the playoffs because the likelihood of Terrell Suggs playing in 2020 is fairly small by his own description. You agree, Will? Yeah, I, I would. I would be surprised if he was to come back for the second year. He signed. He actually signed a two-year deal, though, didn't he? He didn't just sign one. It was a two-year deal, wasn't it? Yeah, it's a it's a weird structure. It's a two-year deal where it voids itself automatically on the fifth day of the league year. So it 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 isn't really a two-year deal, but it structures a two-year deal to manipulate cap. I don't know how they get away with this, by the way. But it was a way to push some cap, some cap into next year to sign Terrell Suggs now in Arizona. Right. Yeah. Okay. Uh, anyway, uh, we are where we are here. Obviously, we're all waiting on Monday at 4 p.m. Hopefully, you're listening to this podcast before then. It won't mean much to you, I don't think, after. Because what we really want to discuss here is 
Can he help the Ravens? You know, what's the best way to use him now? And are there any locker room concerns we really need to go through? And Will and I will be going through that over the next half hour or so. Will has done a lot of work I've already seen. So, Will, tell us about what you did to prepare for this. Uh, I looked at four games again. I watched our game against Arizona in, what was it, week two, uh, a second time. And then I watched uh, the Steelers game and the 49ers game sort of at the end of the year. I think they were week 11 plus. And then I watched the the uh, Seahawks game, which I, I believe was week five, if I remember right. Uh, and it was the Seahawks game was the one he where he had a sack and a half and, uh, you know, a, a handful of solo tackles. And he played he played 45 snaps in that game. And he also played 45 snaps in the uh, in the Steelers game at the end of the year. And I wanted to see if there was a noticeable difference between the effort with which he was playing and the, the you know, motivation with which he was playing in the in week five that he did not have in, uh, I believe, it was week 14 against the Steelers. So uh, overall, I, I felt like he looked very similar in the two things. I will say I don't think his conditioning is in top form right now. Uh, he looks heavy to me and a little bit plodding in his motion, especially when he's chasing a play from behind. But you can still see, he, I mean, he has not forgotten how to play football in the last 12 months. That's right. Lots of lots of short area things. He still does very well. Uh, there's a whole bunch of things that I saw in this. So why don't we why don't we before we get into all the all the specific things? I just want to talk. I did do three games as well. So I looked at San Francisco as you did. Same same game, obviously. So we got some overlap there. Uh, the New York Giants game on October 20th, which was I don't know if it was week six or week seven. It was fairly early in the season. And then the Tampa Bay game in week 10. So. Like you, I wanted to kind of backload the games, not look too much at that beginning of the season and see what the what had happened there. And uh, you know, there are still a lot of things that pop off, positive and negative, about where Terrell Suggs is right now. Yeah, I will. Say, I think the one thing that is different between what we see out of him in in Arizona and what we might get from him in a diminished role, snap wise, for us is that Arizona's defensive scheme is very vanilla up front. They run for – they do bring numbers, you know, uh, but pretty much the ones they show at the line of scrimmage are the ones that come, and they pretty much don't run too many games, you know, stunting or twisting off of each other. Uh, it's a pretty vanilla pass rush. And so you'll see there were a lot of snaps where Terrell Suggs just rushed straight up field, and it was a non-factor because either they ran away from him or the, it was a quick pass. Uh, and there's nothing to be done about that. But I think that – when coupled with Wink's ability to minimize snaps while maximizing the impact that each of those snaps have for the defensive players, I think we're going to see um, a, a more motivated Suggs, a healthier, fresher Suggs, and I think we'll get a little bit more out of him than maybe Arizona did with their vanilla scheme. Yeah, I couldn't agree more on the on the snap management part for starters. So let's let's address that first. He's played 69% of the snaps this year, as I understand it. Um, that's too much. For a player his age, it really does show on the video pretty clearly that that he's not really up to that sort of a workload. A part of it is, you know, the Arizona is a little bit hurting for players there. Chandler Jones has had a good year, but, uh, you know, they don't have a lot of other options at outside linebacker that they like. Uh, Suggs has never in his career to date, never been a player who has had to minimize his snaps to maximize his productivity. But I think this is a point right at the end of the line right at the most important snaps, right at, you know, of his, of his career, frankly, since 2012, at least, uh, that it would be a good time to do so. 
Yeah, and we've seen him slow down at the ends of years, a, a yeah. number of years in a row here in Baltimore. I mean, I don't think that's going to change, but I think if he goes from playing 45 snaps to maybe 25, mm -hmm. you're going to see his production or at least the impact that he makes, maybe not number wise, but uh, I think that he will impact the players around him. Uh, we were talking, you know, in advance about the, his, his, how he would slot into the race car package. And I think that he opens up all kinds of interesting possibilities for Jalen Ferguson. And if they're moving around Bowser and Judon, you know, playing games, putting Judon at the middle linebacker spot and rushing off from the, off the line of scrimmage, things of that nature. I think Suggs can do a lot of the dirty work in those situations and let Judon and Ferguson and Bowser get up the field and Ward too get up the field a little bit more than what they are doing now with other responsibilities on their plate. Right. And they had a brief moment in the sun when the race car had five outside linebackers in and they were using McPhee over the nose at, at, at that particular time and a one or a zero to to uh, to trigger that package. Now they, they use another big man. So they've been using Pierce or Brandon Williams in recent weeks. Both of them have done some good playing with four outside linebackers. But it'd be a real question whether you rotate through the five guys you have four at a time in the race car, stay with a, a look that has worked to have, have Pierce or Williams on the nose, or whether you you uh, you uh, use five again, go back to the way it was with McPhee, get a little more rest, frankly, for your big men, and then you have an option to, to do it. And you don't have to do it the same every way. That's the other thing. But one, one more thing uh, that I want to point out about this is that Suggs has lined up inside some this year at Arizona. So that's something that I liked. And we've already seen Ferguson has done that, and we've seen that Ward has done that. But they've really, when they have the race car on, they, they try and keep Bowser and Judon on the outside, sometimes Judon an inside linebacker, to maintain that coverage flexibility that maximizes pass rush flexibility. Yeah, and I, I, I only saw a handful of snaps, maybe five or six snaps on the, the four games that I watched where he lined up inside. Uh, but I thought he was effective almost every time. You know, when he was head up over a guard, he was pushing them. Uh, you know, he, he forced a he, – he didn't – there weren't – uh, big, you know, fumble or interceptions type plays, but he forced uh, a, sh a quicker pass. He had some QB hits. He had forced shorter completions, quicker, tried to get, you know, the, the QB had to get the ball out of his hands faster because Suggs was coming right up the middle. So I thought he did some nice things inside. Yeah. And, and uh, while I agree that the, the, the defensive scheme at Arizona is fairly vanilla, it's nothing like Martindale because Martindale is very, uh, scheme oriented and has to be frankly with this team with a lack of pass rush the, 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 they did stunt him some and he still being a stunter would be one way he'd really add to the Ravens because every time you have a man cross the face of one additional offensive lineman that creates that uncertainty that ambiguity of responsibility that has served the Ravens so well you know so far down the stretch here and, and I think it'll help fuel the pass rush to have another guy Judon is, is very good at picking a spot in the line that just makes sense. If they had a second guy doing that on the same play, I mean, boy, it'd be, it'd be outrageous. You kind of yeah. have to go by the way. I'm sorry, go ahead. Yeah, no, I was just going to add to that. I think that in specific down and distance situations, I think Anwasser does that. I think Peanut is a guy who, on the delayed blitz from inside, when he picks a hole and just goes, he can he can rush the passer, Peanut. Yeah, so you... you you get that. A peanut is not a guy that, I, that I'm that i expecting to be on the field much with the race car package. It just doesn't work because if they put the if they put five guys in and then they have the dime, which is the usual uh, pairing, they don't really have a spot for, for peanut. So peanut, I, I, he did some great things as a complimentary pass rusher last year. I wish they'd run some pick stunts on him and, and some 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 
attempts to use him as the underneath guy where I thought he was very effective towards the end of last year and piling up the sacks he did. Yeah, in specific spots, not specifically the race car, but it, it, with with Suggs on the field and his ability to cause confusion on the offensive line, it could open up uh, you know a gap that wouldn't normally be there, and and Peanut can shoot that gap in in, in specific situations. All right. Now, one of the things I noticed was n- not only in terms of his his pass rate, he depends very heavily, by the way, on the bull rush. I did want to make sure I got that out there. It just seems like play after play, he's really not trying to beat guys with an with a one two move where he, where he's fooling them with to, to get them work off their leverage and beat them with speed inside or outside. It's it's more of he's just trying to get close to that quarterback, trying to get cleanup events. And, and he's had a fairly successful run of cleanup events at Arizona. Yeah, he had one specific play that I thought was a big highlight of his in the Seahawks game. It was in the second quarter, uh, timestamp was seven minutes even. Uh, he beat Dwayne Brown, straight beat him on a speed rush. He swiped and dipped underneath him on the on the left side of the offense, the Seahawks offense, and uh, and forced a fumble on on Wilson. So uh, that was one of the best plays I saw. I, you know, uh, in the lead up to that, he had been bull rushing, bull rushing, bull rushing, and then he and then all of a sudden he swiped and dipped under him and and, and forced a fumble. So I thought that was that was one of the highlights plays that i saw in the four games that i watched yeah been been uh, he had a he did have a sack fumble and one one that i watched against the giants he had a sack fumble uh where he beat the center actually when he stunted inside so it was a was a little bit of an oddball rush but a a fine result has not forgotten how to use that right arm as a club when he gets close to the quarterback yeah definitely yeah and i think uh you know coupled with that uh, he hasn't forgotten how to sniff out the screen either. Uh, I thought that I saw I saw a situation where uh, in the 49er game where Mostert had leaked out and Suggs was blocked out by I believe it was the tight end. I might have been the right guard, but I th- mm-hmm. or, I'm sorry, it might have been the right tackle, but I believe it was the tight end. He had he had drawn back from the line of scrimmage and was being blocked up and then shed that man and cut underneath of Mostert. And if Garoppolo had gone to Mostert with a check down, Suggs would have picked the ball. They ended up he did throw it down the field further and it was complete to a different receiver away from Suggs. But if if he had checked that down, Suggs would have been in the lane and picked it off. Yeah, he's uh, he's got a remarkable ability to do that. Just a, a sorceress ability to know when that's coming. Had two interceptions against Pittsburgh career, I believe, where he's just had a leaping peekaboo interception. Uh, he had one in camp that was the talk of camp a few years back. Uh, you know, came back from injury, barely played, and then all of a sudden he he uh, he had a great interception, ran it back, had a big mock spike for six kind of thing. But uh, uh, great play, which you know. That's not obviously the only thing that he's good at. And unfortunately, one of the things that he's really good at is a question of whether or not he would want this to be his primary responsibility. And that's stopping the run. Never has, even though Suggs is clearly the greatest run defending edge setter of all time, or of his generation anyway, um, it's, it's very, he's never, he's never embraced a role where that was all he did. No, well, I don't. I think as he's gotten older um, and had had, you know, Judon and some other guys to mentor, I don't think that he necessarily had to put on himself to be like the flash superstar pass rusher. I think he embraced the role. Obviously, he's great at it. And, you know, but you don't get you don't get, uh, you know, interviewed on the after game in ESPN. If you if you stop the run well for three for four quarters, they want to see they want to see the interceptions. They want to see the big sacks. They want to see him dance around and flex his muscles. So I I don't I don't begrudge him doing those things. It'd be amazing. You know, but, uh, you know, yeah, he all I mean, he does the dirty work in addition to all those things. And I think I think he just he 
I think he, as much as we wish he had signed here, I think he realizes that he maybe made a mistake. Uh, like, I don't know what the circumstances was. It, you know, if he was if he was truly irritated that Ozzy was no longer the GM, if he was truly irritated, he wasn't going to get exactly the same amount of money. Or if later, as Bart Scott said, he, he didn't want to steal from our franchise. Who knows what the real story is and why he mm -hmm. made the decisions he made. But I think with the season that we're having, which is just magical, I think yeah. he's realized that he made a mistake. He's like, man, I, I have to get back home and do this, you know, one last time. Now, hopefully if by some miracle we do actually get him on the waiver wire, we don't blow it by not winning the Super Bowl. If, if it goes through all these things and he comes home for this magical run and we dump it like in 2006, uh, I'm going to cry yeah. myself to sleep. That's, uh, there's, there's nothing else to be done after after that playoff, after a game like we saw against the Colts in that 2006 playoff. Just an awful, awful finish. Got yeah. done it to Tennessee a couple times there, by the way, you know, when they had the best record in the in the conference <laughs> yeah and uh you know it's uh it couldn't have felt good for them either but somehow it doesn't make that doesn't make me feel any better no i care i care a little bit less about the tennessee titans yeah. pain <laughs> and my own pain so yeah <laughs> there you go all right so i think we're in agreement at least that Suggs can probably help the team a little bit as a pass rusher probably in terms of of the, the ravens are more challenged there in terms of what they have in terms of assets and probably a lot as a run defender i would say because they've, they've had some problems there Jalen Ferguson is coming off his best run defense game of the year. We, we talked about that on the defensive pod a little bit yesterday, but he had a really fine game, uh, you know, just this last week against the Jets of setting the edge. Lots of positive edge setting comments. It's clear he worked on that during the week. I think he's one player who could learn a lot from Terrell Suggs as a pass rusher, too. Certainly could learn more from him as an edge setter. I'm sure he has not learned at all in the one week since the uh, some of the some of the real problems happened against the 49ers, honestly, uh, and uh, and repeated a little bit against Buffalo. Yeah, and I think I think the thing that Suggs brings to the table is it's like when you get a really good wide receiver back. You know, all of the other wide receivers on the field take a step down in the food chain of DBs that are covering them. Mm -hmm. If you put Suggs on the field and he's rushed from the outside, you can't not respect him. You can't just let him go. So whomever he's going to be on the tackle, and all of a sudden you can play games with the other players. So I think more than the stats he might create on his own, he's going to, like McPhee, create opportunities for other players uh, around him that wouldn't be in a position to do so if he was not on the field probably the best comp at his age McPhee all things considered all the way around in terms of of, of really limiting his snap count is going to make him more effective and uh, he has a lot of individual ability for short bursts and and hopefully we see all that uh, uh, from Suggs and here during the playoffs one of the things that's that that, that I don't know if I mentioned earlier but I'll, I'll risk mentioning again is that Suggs is only either a sack or a sack and a half off the career NFL playoff record for sacks behind Willie McGinnis. And I think he really wants that. To, I mean, to, I think he's well within his right. I think those kind of statistical things that you can point at uh, really help a case for the Hall of Fame. Now, I, I think from first my perspective, ballot. yeah, from my perspective, Suggs is a first ballot Hall of Famer, regardless of any of those things. But it, it certainly helps to be able to say, you know, look at all of my Pro Bowls, look at all all of my things and I've got the record, you know, it's just, it just helps to be able to line up the arguments. It, it would be, it would be one additional medal on a very full chest of medals there. That's for sure. So uh, sure. Let's uh, let's give him that. Uh, <laughs> we've talked a little bit about, about how Suggs could help the team in 25 snaps and this and that, but what is the best way to use Terrell Suggs now? So I, I give me your map of how you would go about trying to use him. 
Uh, I would definitely have him on the field in early downs. I would I would play him on the run. I don't know, you know, what Suggs, you know, his thoughts would be on having a higher level of responsibility for rundown snaps. Then that's a conversation that they would have to have internally in the locker room. But he he would definitely increase our chances of stopping those outside edge runs that have been gashing us the last few weeks. We've seen it, you know, break down on the edge a number of times versus the Buffalo Bills, versus the San Francisco 49ers. Uh, and even last week against the Jets, they had a couple of plays that I thought, you know, we could have done a lot better on. And and Suggs cleans those up. Uh, and I think adding in a sprinkling of pass rushing snaps, like like the race car, like some, you know, some situations where maybe he is uh, playing off the ball or, you know, rushing in combination with the other outside linebackers, um, he, he can create, for himself and others uh, in specific role. And I would try to, like I said, limit his snaps to somewhere between 20 and 30, no more than 30. I I love that thing. And that's that combination of snaps is pretty much exactly what I would recommend. I'd I'd like him to be a first down guy and I'd like him to be a race car guy. And, and that those two put together are only going to be about 25 snaps a game. That that two, those two exactly. The problem is you're going to be shuttling him on and off the field for a lot of one play things. And that's something some players don't like, or it is, you know, it, it's it's effort to get new players on the field that may in fact take a little more energy because you know a, a bigger man has to sprint an extra fifty yards net to do that. Uh, but anyway, it's a it's a uh, you know potentially a concern. But basically, the snaps, if if it was just you could you could move them directly into play like a chess piece, no doubt about it. Those right. are the, those are the snaps that I'd like. Yeah, and I think you saw that happening already in Arizona. I think he's maybe already swallowed down some of the pride that he maybe would have had, you know, if, what, four or five years ago uh, about splitting snaps with people. There were long stretches of third and fourth quarters where Suggs was not in the game in all four, all four of the games that I watched, including ours. Uh, you know, he would be off the off of the field for four or five snaps in a row, like, you know, six minutes worth of game time or something. So Right, but you, you did notice, though, that it's normally – three, four, five, six snaps in a row that he takes off. And he isn't like on first down, off second down, back on third down to play in some specialized pass rush package. Yeah, that's and right. then, uh, yeah. So, so he was, he, I definitely saw the same things in the Arizona games I watched was that, you know, 54 and, uh, you know, was in there with 55 a lot, but uh, uh, who was the other one? I guess they played a son Reddick a little bit on the edge yeah. too, even though yeah. so, so the, it was, it was a lot of, uh, of, of different combinations, but the combinations seem to come at the same time so that Suggs would have been out for several several plays at least. So the, the role we're suggesting for him involves a lot of running into the game and for the sideline also. Right. right. Yeah, I mean, hopefully we would get lucky with those kind of things, and I, I, I would count on Wink to, you know, make those decisions and be prudent with his uh, usage and all those things and and maybe try to line them, tee him up for success, you know, so to speak. If there's anybody, if there's any defensive coordinator in the entire NFL who could map a path to success for Terrell Suggs with his skill set now, with his, uh, you know, ability to, to be on the field, his, his durability, durability is not the right word, his uh, wind, you know, what, what am I looking for? Yeah, yeah. His stamina. His stamina, yeah. Uh, he's, the, he's the perfect guy to do it. I mean, he really uh, would be ideal to do it. Yeah, I mean, he's already doing it with players who have, you know, far less stamina than, than Suggs do. You know, yeah. he, he shuttles on Pierce and Williams and, and you know, Pecco and Ellis and all the, all, the, all the bigs that he's got to shovel in and out. He's already doing it. So, you know, sneak snugs in there at the same time. Yeah, very a lot of very specialized linebacker play too. I mean, he's he's dealing with all of this down by down substitution, very specialized packages, making the tough decisions of of going from 
uh, standard nickel to big nickel, which basically means you're taking a wasso off the field and you're putting in a, a uh, extra defensive lineman. So he's doing a lot of that already. And and I don't tr- there's nobody I trust to do it more than Martindale. I feel so yeah, bad. And, and a tip I, of the cap to uh, you know to um, Clark as well. You know without yeah. when they when Clark took over it, it changed everything. So really, really did. I I feel so bad that a year ago, actually, it was being before 18. I really wanted the Ravens to open up the process of interviewing for that defensive coordinator role to a broad cross-section of the entire league. Because, I mean, being the Ravens defensive coordinator should be one of the most attractive jobs in football. The franchise has always been very defense-oriented. You know, they consistently spent a lot of draft capital on the defense. You should be able to acquire the highest level talent. You're starting with good players, with, you know, some older players, but some good younger players then, even two years ago. And they didn't really do that. They picked an internal guy, and I was like, are we sure we really got the best guy? Now I'm convinced I, I can honestly say I think they got the best guy. I felt exactly the same way. In fact, I'll go one step further. I was nervous about it because he had he had guided the lowest ranked defense in the league when he was with Denver. Denver and I was thinking, yeah. man, we can't do anything any better than that. This guy has the lowest ranked defense with Von Miller. What are we bringing this guy? You know, so I was I was actually actively nervous about Martindale, and he made me eat those words. I you know, trust me. Very good, very good. Okay, so how about the locker room? Let's talk about that for a minute because I think. There are a few things about this, but but one obvious thing is, is that whenever Suggs comes in, he's going to take snaps and maybe a roster spot. Well, and definitely a roster spot from somebody. So let's talk about the snaps first, whether it's Ferguson, Bowser or Ward, because I don't think it will be Judon. One of those guys is probably going to lose some snaps. Might just be, you know, we've talked about this a little bit. You might lose a few of those snaps would come from Williams or Pierce as a pass rusher. Yeah, I think it's going to be a little bit of a sprinkling of everybody you just mentioned. I think probably there will be just a little bit of easing off the gas pedal for Ferguson and Bowser. Maybe they'll get, you know, a handful of snaps less each, depending on down and distance and what packages were in the whole game and that kind of thing. Uh, And then I also think that you'll see a lessening of the role uh, of using Pierce and Williams as the big man inside of the race car package, uh, you know, with Suggs allows them to do a little bit more. I mean, we're, we are, in addition to not having high-end talent outside of Judon, if you consider him to mm-hmm. be high-end talent, which I, I do, uh, he's maybe not the top-tier elite guy, but, uh, you know, but we don't have the the pass rusher that you can just line up and he's going to beat his man down in and down out. So um, there's nobody that couldn't have a little bit of an augmentation of their role in order to carve out a niche role for Suggs. Um, so I think it's going to be a little bit of you take push a little bit on each lever. Yeah, I, I, I agree. I don't think there's anybody who's got a real right at this point to be upset about it. But locker rooms are finicky things. They've certainly got their leader already. Suggs is an enormous personality to bring back in. They brought in one enormous personality, and that's Marcus Peters. Now, he's a hell of a defensive player. But he's got his own agenda out there in in a way is that, you know, I don't see the need for him to be calling out Jalen Ramsey on the opposite sideline or the Rams management, if that's what he was doing, about how stupid a move they made to let him go, which it was in all appearances exactly what he did uh, during that Rams game. There's no reason to be fighting with another defensive player at the end of the game in the tunnel, whatever it is. When you were never on the field with them. I mean, I, 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 I have to say part of me kind of I don't I, I I recognize that it could have a detrimental effect in some aspects at the same time 
I think it was Peters really got under Ramsey's skin. I think honestly think Peters is just like, I'm going to say what I'm going to say, and I don't care what you think about it. And if you get pissed off, good for me. Some guys play worse when they're mad, and I think Ramsey's one of them. So, you know, like I don't really have a problem with that. I, like, it seemed like Ramsey was the one that was trying to chase him down the tunnel and all that. So uh, I, I, I don't mind that aspect of, of, uh, of Peter's personality. I do wish he would tackle a little bit better than he does. He's making business decisions out there and, uh, you know, we could stand with a little more physicality, right? He's he's very selectively physical. We, that's a, that's a topic for another show. That's a whole short unto itself, but, (laughs) but, uh, it's, it's, uh, it's certainly true. He's kind of a Mike Mattisau. If you follow poker at all, or did five or 10 years ago as being a kind of a poker player could get under your skin, but, uh, you know, maybe that's his real life personality. Maybe it's not, who knows? But uh, but anyway, he, he, Peter's certainly a big personality. The point is, I think Harbaugh has been able to adapt to that. Suggs, I mean, if you've been to camp ever, you know, they, they're on three fields. You always know exactly where Terrell Suggs is because he's got a voice that booms across all those three fields. And when he wants to say something funny, it's like he, he imagines there's a spotlight on him. He's on stage and he just, you know, bolts it out in his best opera voice. You know, the, the, yeah. uh, exactly what he wants to say. Yeah, and I, I think that in, on some franchises and some rosters, maybe bringing in a brash personality like that, a loud presence like that, would would upset the apple cart. But I don't I don't think this is that team. Uh, you know, like Earl Thomas when he came out and said. You know, oh, do you, you guys really think the 49ers are going to make the Super Bowl? Well, I don't know, but whoever faces us is in trouble. Like, yeah. uh, you know, like that was a more quiet. I mean, Earl is a more reserved type of guy, but that was just as loud a statement being like, well, we'll see if they make it. But if they get there, they're still in trouble. And like, I, I think Suggs is very much along those same exact lines. Like he says things and he goes off the cuff sometimes, but Judon does too, you know, with the body by Taco Bell and all that stuff. Uh-huh. So, I, I mean, and I know Judon, Judon wants him back. Judon wants him mm-hmm. back badly. And so, like, uh, I'm trying not to let myself get too hyped about it because I he Suggs has always been one of my favorite players, and I want him back badly. And I'm I'm concerned that like you know Daniel Snyder is going to come out of the cheap seats and be like Suggs is the final piece. I have to have him. You know, so Daniel uh, Snyder, that would be funny. <laughs> I'm I'm concerned, uh, you know, that he's not going to get to us. So I'm trying to to keep myself tamped down from getting too hyped about it. In in a way, there's very little about Suggs' personality, despite the fact that it's big, that would be disruptive. I don't think there's a single guy who's trying to be super serious in that locker room right now. And there may be in the individual position rooms that Peters wants to be on people about their assignment, because he seems to get angry, angry on the field some, or maybe Thomas uh, you know, might be that guy. But I don't really see a guy who's who's really wants to clamp down on the team. And I also don't see like a conflicting preaching personality like Ray was where it could be a problem. Now, Ray and Suggs played together for years. We know that wasn't a problem. So, but, but I do would fear that if they got a preacher into the, into the, this team right now, that it might be unwelcome. They're playing yeah. so well. But. Yeah, I mean, uh, there there is always the possibility that it changes the chemistry in the locker room in, in ways that are unforeseen. But the the young guys on defense, they not the first year players, but the the third year players like Brandon Williams, all or, like all yeah, like all of the players who are uh, like further down in their contracts, but not yet on their second contracts, or you know some of them are, but like some of the younger guys that have only been here, you know the Judons and the and you know Tavon Young and all those guys that like those those players are going to play harder. I think uh, with Suggs back in the building, the same way when Ray came back for the last ride, I think, mm-hmm. I think the team rallied around that and they were like, you know, he's back. We have to win this now. And, and 
it, it gives me that magical feeling. We'll see. We'll see if he actually ends up in the locker room. It, it, it's a it good problem really to find special. out if we have a problem. Outstanding. Well, uh, Will, fantastic having you on. Josh, do we have some stuff from the mailbag? I had a lot of questions I know about Terrell today. Right, right. You guys have covered all of it. I've been sitting here on Twitter searching other fans, other teams' uh, Twitter feeds to try to find out if there's any fans out there that really think Suggs can come and make a difference on the field for them. And uh, there isn't. There is a whole (laughs) lot of Steeler fans and Patriot fans and Chiefs fans that would like them to claim Suggs just to screw the Ravens and the Raven fans. Really? Yeah, okay. that is that yeah. is the uh, the concept from sports fans right now is just keep Suggs away from the Ravens. Not, yeah, in uh, particular, I've seen I've seen the Steelers fans. The Steelers fans are out in force, you know, saying, "Oh, wouldn't it be sweet to bring in Suggs and he beats them in the last week and blah blah blah." And it's like he's not going to play for the Steelers. He's but I not. Right, but I do want to ask you guys specifically about the Patriots and Bill Belichick because I go back and forth on this because. We know Belichick does anything, pushes the line as far as he can, and then a little bit past in order to win a game. <laughs> but at the same time, he seems like the type of guy who has always had great respect for the great players of the games, the Ed Reeds, the Ray Lewis, Terrell Suggs we had. When Suggs makes it so clear that he wants to leave, will Belichick still jump in? From knowing that he's not going to help his team and he probably will just stay home just to stop the Ravens from having an old guy back? I, I don't know. I mean, it's it's $350,000 of cap room, which is not zero, but it is pretty small. And if you go back a couple of years, uh, you know, he, he signed James Harrison to, to get him for the playoffs. So right. I don't know. Yeah, I, I think that – I think Belichick – is probably the less likely of the ones who would do so uh, just because I think he has an appreciation for like the, the traditions of the game type of situation. All these players that, you know, uh, the, you know, played one, one place in their whole career, that kind of like he, right. he values that type of story aspect. Having said that, when he himself is still has to go against the team in the playoffs. Like if they were out of it, I don't think he would claim them. But the fact that they're going to be going against us at some point, probably, uh, you know, uh, Belichick will do whatever he can until he's all the way out of it. And he's had no problems bringing in guys who made their names on other teams like Randy Moss, Antonio Brown. Yeah, no uh, problem at all. Yeah, yeah. It's a very long list. Right. Sure. Um, all right, that's the only question. Since you guys aren't going to make any predictions and tell tell us how you think <laughs> it's going to end up on Monday, yeah. What's the here's here's the way we'll frame this up. What do you think? What's your over under for the probability of Suggs being on there? Saying you, you're gonna you're gonna allow a wager to be made on either side of this over under. Yeah, and, I think I think it's probably less than five percent that he gets to that he gets to Baltimore. Okay. Uh, yeah. I think there are probably there are potentially ten to twelve teams that are that still have what I would consider to be a legitimate chance to make some kind of noise in the playoffs. And who who couldn't use you know a pass rusher of some kind, plus the added motivation of not letting him get to Baltimore, who's already on pace to set all kinds of records, and having another defensive piece at one of their weakest spots would help them a little bit further. So I think I think there are teams who probably think that Suggs could help them in some way, and then you have a, another subset of teams that just don't want us to have them. Okay, so framing that up as a wager, you're offering me 19-to-1 odds 
on say two hundred dollars. <laughs> I I'd, I'd take that. I'd take that bet. I'd I'd, I'd bet it. Yeah, but uh, right. but you I, take I don't. That bet? Really? I mean, if I'm if I'm betting if I'm betting two hundred dollars, that no, no, sucks that's the question. So you, you got to put this line appropriately. You're saying less than five percent. I'm saying it's greater than five percent. I think it's more like more like a third, maybe thirty percent, that the Ravens end up getting Suggs on Monday afternoon. And that's because you uh, are I'll narrow- take number. I, I would love for that to be true. I, I if if it really is twenty five thirty percent that he's going to get to us, that there's only a couple teams who might claim him. Um, I like those odds a lot better than what I think. I'm I'm feeling I'm I'm not feeling hopeful about him getting to us, but I want him badly. So we'll hope we'll cross well, our fingers. And your third, Ken, is because you're narrowing it down to really just three or four teams that could even consider it. No, I'm 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 trying to figure out which which teams really think it is, and I actually think. There's some feeling out there that Suggs has two significant injuries right now, a hamstring and a back that are not going to go away before the season's over at his age. And they're saying, you know, if the, if the Ravens want to do this to themselves, let's let them do that. It's 350000 of cap. It's not going to help them. We're not, we're not going to start and try and stop it. Uh, I had not seen anything about a back injury. I did see a hamstring, but I watched the last game and I didn't think it, it you know, I didn't think it hampered him too badly. Um, so especially with the diminished snap count, I thought, you know, that problem might recede into, into the background, but I hadn't heard anything about a back injury, but and he was still playing. He played 45 snaps with a hamstring and a back injury. So he can't be that bad off. Can't be that serious. And, That's right. And we all know a little bit of deer antler spray will get you through the playoffs. <laughs> <laughs> That's a hundred percent right. Three weeks off. So. so anyway, Will, we really appreciate you coming on the show. Outstanding show, by the way. Great back and forth. Really appreciate having you on here. Uh, you're welcome again. We'll we'll try and come up with another topic and uh, love to have you again. All right. Sounds good. Yeah, I'm a bit of a draft nerd. So if we get close, the closer we get to draft time, we can do something about that, too. Sounds good. All right. Have a good night, guys. Birdland Sports. For fans, by fans. Find more great shows like this at birdlandsports.com. Winning comes in all shapes and sizes. Every day there's an opportunity for a win, just like scratchers from the Virginia Lottery. Every day grab-and-go, every day giftable, every day fun. It's where anticipation meets instant gratification, and they're satisfying to scratch no matter the outcome. Like the new Virginia Lottery Scratcher Colossal Cash. It's loaded with $100 to $500 prizes. Now, that's an everyday win. Drive to the nearest Virginia Lottery retail location and pick up a scratcher today. Odds of winning any prize, 1 in 3.21. Introducing the Lowe's List for Innovation. While our aisles are filled with innovative products, we've selected our favorites just for you. Like the exclusive Whirlpool washer with industry-first 2-in-1 removable agitator. We love this washer because you can customize any load. And with other smart features to streamline your laundry routine, this product is a must-have for families. Shop the full Lowe's list of top picks at Lowe's.com. Lowe's, home to any budget, home to any possibility. U.S. only. Catch those springtime vibes all over Arizona. Break out of the winter blues by hitting the water at one of our lake and river parks. 
take a hike among the wildflowers. Just make sure to stay on the trails and leave the flowers for the bees. Discover Arizona's best kept secret and visit azstateparks.com slash amazing to start your springtime adventure. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for two forty nine dollars a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger, less than five miles away. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.